Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Lunch Pail Guys. This is our... 196th recording session, I guess we should say, of the main podcast. <laughs> Since we've done things where we split the episode in half sometimes, we've had some off weeks, but we are back and ready and supercharged with some takes, I am sure. Um, obviously, football's been back. I don't think we've all five been on the pod together yet um, with football being back. This is Jared podcasting alongside Lucas, Aiden, Bart, and Wyatt. Let's get into... A little bit of news we missed. We're not going to cover everything we've missed in the last month, but at least some stuff. Um, let's start off with some baseball. Why, why don't we, uh, for our first sport mentioned back on the podcast, the Rangers won the World Series in the least watched World Series ever. Is that right, Lucas? I don't know. I saw a graph of the last like 20 years and it was the lowest. No. I don't know if ever okay. since <laughs> like, there were... <laughs> TV didn't the exist for the first the dozen stockings. or so World yeah, exactly. Series, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay. It averaged like 8.9 million viewers, which is less than the average NFL game, I think, or something like that. Oh, yeah. The average NFL game is like 20 million, isn't it? Something like that? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, last year's World Series averaged like 14 or 15, <clears throat> which is <clears throat> like a significant difference, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that's it for baseball for the episode. Um, <laughs> basketball, <laughs> James Harden, the until biggest March, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until I tell uh, signs, yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah, in NBA news, uh, James Harden was traded to the Clippers. Lucas, what do you think of that? Good riddance. I don't know, it worked out well. The whole situation, the Sixers are playing great. Um, this whole season, they should probably be five and oh. They you know, some questionable refereeing so that the NBA can get oh. Dame. I'm kidding. I th- I hate that energy. No, I mean, they played really well. Um, they have won comfortably against some really good teams, like the Suns, though Devin Booker didn't play. Uh, but Kelly Oubre has really stepped up. Maxi looks like he's taken a leap. Um, the Just the step up in coaching from Doc Rivers to Nick Nurse has been, like, noticeable in terms of, like, scheme and development. And I think it's good not having the sort of Hard and cloud hanging over it. Um, I mean, there's the quote he said where he's like, I was constrained in Philadelphia. I, I'm i not a system player. I'm the system. Um, which, you know, I think is indicative of how things were going there. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it turns out in the Clippers. There's that video of him walking into the locker room for the first time and the energy from the other Clippers is just zero. Like, man is on his phone. Russ kind of looks at him. I don't know. I thought it was a funny thing. And when they asked Russ about integrating Harden, he gave this, like, very long and looping answer that seemed to indicate <laughs> that he's indicating. So we'll see. Maybe this will be the place that works out for him, but I'm not super high on that being the case. But we'll see. Mm. Fair enough. Um, other basketball news, real quick, that I'll just add. 
Anybody have thoughts on Victor Wembanyama? He's he's already maybe arrived. I would say he already had thirty eight points yeah. in the against the Suns, um, and seems to be a pretty exciting player. Any other thoughts on him? Just wild, yeah. Him watching like taking pull, dribbling the ball up the court, and then taking a pull up three and just draining it. Like who's gonna block? Like if he can consistently <laughs> make shots like that. Like no one's stopping that. It's just yeah, yeah, game breaker. Also, it was a double double. Yeah. Thirty-eight points, ten rebounds. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, he's seven feet. I guess so. It's good. He should get a lot of rebounds. With <laughs> Thirty-eight, ten's a good stat line, even then. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw some of the, there are like three teenagers who have at thirty-five and ten. Him, Durant, and LeBron. Yeah. Something okay, like that. That makes so, sense. Yeah. He's in good company. Yeah. Just watching him dunk I, is might... crazy. Like he just like yeah. barely gets has to get off the ground. You know, his arms are already there. Just, uh... It's so wild watching him stand next to Kevin Durant, too, who is seven, roughly seven feet tall, and he makes him look small. It's crazy. He might actually be as good as everybody thought he would, which is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. He stays healthy. Yeah, if he's exactly. he stays healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll do a little bit of college football now, too. Um, first off, rankings. Ohio State came in at one, then Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington was the top four. Lucas, you have a takes on that? Yeah, I, I just think it's a little ridiculous that Michigan and Georgia are both ranked above UW. Georgia less so now because they beat Missouri yesterday, who's a legitimate opponent. Um, but even that was close, 30-21. Um, to 21. I don't know, Michigan hasn't really beaten anybody. Uh, they've beat up on one of the worst schedules in college football. Um, looking at, like, I can't even tell you a good team. Like, Minnesota is probably the best win they have. And they're, they're not very good. They're five and four. Nebraska is also five and four. Those are their two best wins. I don't know. I think it's, it's ridiculous. I think Ohio State's a deserved number one. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations, Wyatt. Um, I think UW should be higher, though. University of Washington. They have actually legitimately good wins. They beat the team right below them in the rankings. I don't know how that gives them. Mm. It is so overlooked. So I don't know. Yeah. They they that, say they say they care about resume and they like do in some cases. But let's be honest, they also go off the eye test. And Washington struggled two weeks the two weeks before, and their defense still yeah. like what gave up forty something points to USC this week yesterday. So yeah, yeah but- the eye test they still. I mean, I'm 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 not gonna get mad about the rankings anymore. They just do what they want. I don't care. Also, Notre Dame's not. Good, so. And we get <laughs> and we get twelve teams next year, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. <laughs> Slow down on the cockiness and confidence, by the way, Wyatt. Ohio State might be number one, but they're not the best team. So, based off of what? Mm. The eye test. The eye test. Who who has eye test been better this year, Jared? Uh, Michigan. I feel like Michigan. Michigan's been the best test team. <laughs> I understand they haven't Michigan, played anybody at all. I yeah. get that, but like their best like, wins are against teams that are five and four. I know, I know, They're but not. like no one's been even close. Like yeah. Rutgers played with Ohio State for a half. Like you know, it's just I feel like Michigan hasn't had anything like that. Mm-hmm. I I I don't think they should be higher. I agree with your take, Lucas, about uh, UW should be higher. Ohio in terms State has of, the like, best I resume test, uh, in college yeah. football right now. I think they do. No, they yeah. do. I yeah. think that's fair. Yeah. They're not winning the natty. And it, 
And the crazy thing is, is that I want Michigan to lose, but then they play Penn State this weekend, and I really don't <laughs> want Penn State to win either. <laughs> so, well, I'm, I'm for, right I'm again. For... <laughs> no, no, I hate. I, I've been a long time Penn State hater. I've been a long time Penn State hater. This man hates his own state. Penn state doesn't suck. Yeah. I'm rooting for an Ohio State hey. to knock Michigan out of the playoffs and then lose their first semifinal game. That's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, just to keep things juicy, Michigan beats Ohio State in three weeks. Ooh, very I'm, juicy. I'm, well, I'm they know what they're, they know what plays they're going to run. So that helps. <laughs> Speaking of news, we missed. We've been talking a lot about Michigan and beating around the bush. Um, they're in the center of a sign-stealing scandal right now. Um, Connor Stallions is the staffer who is at the center of the sign-stealing scandal. He's apparently refused to cooperate with any of the investigations, first off. Resigned. Um, he was potentially on the sidelines of the Central Michigan game against Michigan State, I think it was. And the, the fact that I think they haven't, nobody's come out with a statement being like, oh, it's that person, you know what I mean, is like, well, then who is it? It must be. I mean, if nobody knows who it is, then it seems like Connor Stallions was probably on the sideline for another game, which is crazy. Um, and in a funny Wasn't news. Wasn't he fired? Yeah. He, he resigned. Was, yeah. He yeah. resigned. I saw but some still, places reported as fired and some as resigned. So I feel like he probably <laughs> okay, gets fired. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, then on New, on New Mexico, like some random team on their video screen board, they put up a message that said, welcome Connor Stallions, probably, in, in a parenthesis. Pretty funny. And they did that while they were losing 56 to 7. <laughs> they were like, oh, this game's over. Let's just joke around. But anyway, any other thoughts on the, that, the, Michigan? I was going to say it's one of those things at this point where it, it's one of the – I don't really understand what's going on, but it's too late to ask type situation yeah. for me. Like, yeah. I don't really get what's happening other than that Connor Stallions is on the sidelines and allegedly stealing plays. Can somebody explain to me the complexities of it? Or does anybody know the complexities of it beyond that? He, like, went to – so he went to games um, and, like, videotaped the sidelines and stuff, which, like, that sort of advanced scouting you can't do, I guess. Yeah. There's, like, explicit rules against that. About scouting in person. Yeah, about scouting in person. Yeah, which is kind of weird. I had no idea those rules existed. And like, I don't know, I feel like even if there wasn't a person there, it would still be kind of easy to get that footage just like at home. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, game film, the way it's cut up does not, they don't, it doesn't necessarily show the calls. The sideline. You know, and the sideline and all that. So that, that is more of an explicit advantage. I think that the whole like you can't scout in person thing is super stupid. Like, yeah, I mean, what yeah. the, I I understand that he has taken it to a wave way. He uh, I'm just <laughs> I looked it up. He purchased six tickets to a Purdue to watch Purdue play in person in the last two years, and like he is really involved. There's obviously the the report or the image of him on a sideline recording. Like that's way too far. It's not like that's just the spirit of the game. Uh, I uh, but you know. Every coach wants to steal signs. Every coach wants to know exactly what the other person is doing. And in during a game, like I saw a tweet that said that, like I take, I take signal calling very seriously, and it's it's a passion, and it's like this is an insult to the game. It's like I'm 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 gonna look over and try to figure out what you're running. Yeah. You know, I I coach high school football, and I do it all game where I just look at the other sideline. I go, I think I know what they're gonna call. I'm not always right, but I'd, I'd spend a lot of time just looking over and seeing what they're doing. And, and it's not 
necessarily a disruptive thing. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. I don't even think that's unreasonable. It's, it's like, just kind of, yeah. Like, yeah, I like it. if your signs are bad, then your signs are bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were playing a team, know. and uh, <laughs> they their cover two was Kyrie, and they, they would just yell, Kyrie, Kyrie, and he wears number two. <laughs> and our cover three was Dwayne Wade. And it's like, I figured that out within the first two minutes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, these are just bad calls. Sometimes you have bad calls. Yeah, that's you know? um, yeah. Last college football news we missed. The, so Iowa and Northwestern played this weekend. The over-under of that game was 29.5 points, which was apparently the lowest ever over-under for a college football game. And the under still hit with Iowa winning 10-7. to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Which my first like, impression when I heard you say that over under was like that seems too high. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But apparently that's the lowest ever though that Vegas has ever set. Yeah. Oh my god. So um, fifteen per team doesn't seem that low. Like, yeah. Agreed. Who who wins a game? Mm-hmm. Just roughly. Iowa or USC? Like, USC. do you think Iowa? USC. No, USC's defense is so bad. Do you think Iowa could score on that? I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I looked this up. USC's last few games, like if you look back at whatever stretch, they allowed 52 to Washington, 49 to Cal, 34 to Utah, 48 to Notre Dame, 41 to Arizona, 41 to Colorado in their last however many yeah. games. To be fair, though, the Notre but Dame. But I was a good game, defense. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, here's the thing, too, about Iowa. Is how does like the the blatant nepotism just of like Kirk Ferentz or is it Kirk or Brian Ferentz one of them hiring his son and like yeah. just not doing well at all like how is this allowed to go on for so long? They have announced first off that he won't return the offensive coordinator who's the coach's son won't return at the end of this mm-hmm. season. But but how has this lasted this long? How is like a fan base in a school like okay with this? It's crazy. It's very blatant. It's just like blatant yeah. like. Coach's kid gets, you know, gets the job. Like, how's yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be wrong that, if I, Iowa's offense was good at this point. Like, that's not something I want for college football is for Iowa to have a competent offense. <laughs> I feel like yeah, it doesn't seem right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fine with this. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, like, offense, they won. They obviously, they, hold, they held Northwestern to seven, Minnesota to 12, Wisconsin to six, mm-hmm. Purdue to 14. Michigan State to 16. They got smoked by Penn State. Uh, Western Michigan by to 10, and Iowa State to 13. Do you think that they could probably hold up against USC? No. How much? Uh, it's Penn a game State I want to see. You said they got smoked. How much did Penn State score? 31. Yeah, no, USC's oh. easily putting that up, at least. I think. But do you think it, they won 31 to 0? Do you think Iowa still scores 0 <laughs> against USC's defense? Yeah, I don't know. That's true. Maybe not. <laughs> They probably score three. I'll give them three. Yeah. Oh I'd give them 25, actually. Oh All righty. Um, Can I have let's... one last news we missed? Yes, go ahead, Lucas. I just want to say that Bart's fantasy team, despite him conscientiously objecting to playing a quarterback this week, is still winning and projected to win Ew. his matchup because it's so good. Wait, you're not playing a quarterback this week? Like, the slot's empty? Uh, yeah. Or has... Because of this rule that we can't have three quarterbacks. Don't get me started. Why are we, why are we trying to this, hoard quarterbacks? Call, 
What are we trying to hoard quarterbacks for? This is supposed you're supposed to have make tough decisions, and you had to make a tough decision of not playing. Yeah, that's true. It might work out though. He's projected to win at this point with no quarterback. (laughs) Seems so good. Done nothing. Stop talking about Bart's fantasy. Who is he playing? I'm I'm gonna gonna kick the other person out. He's playing Bryant. Oh yeah, Brian. He's playing Brian. (laughs) <laughs> well, Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian's team struggling a little bit this year. It's okay. um, speaking of struggle, Notre Dame lost to Clemson yesterday, 31-23. to Pretty sloppy game. I, a lot of people expected this. Vegas sort of kind of expected this. We were only favored by like two and a half going into the game. My just takeaway here is I, I think I see a lot of heat on Freeman here. But when I step back, I'm actually going to take a little bit of Colin Coward – uh, advice here. The thing when you like look at a head coach that's getting a lot of criticism is look at their side of the ball, the side of the ball that they come up on, came up on, and do they have those affairs in order, at least? And if you're going to criticize Freeman, who's a defensive head coach, like his side of the ball is completely in order and actually playing like really lights out football right now. So you might say what they just gave up 31 points, but if you really look at it, Clemson really only scored like 14 points off traditional drives starting on their end of the field. The other 17 points came off of, obviously, a pick six. Seven points on Clemson's first touchdown came because our offense had a three and out, and they started on their R41. Our, our so they only had to go 41 yards for that one. And then they got a th- the other three points field goal because of a fumbled pump. So they already started on the 20. They started in field goal range that drive. And then, of course, our defense spotted, really spotted our team our first touchdown with Xavier Watts's interception driving it down to the two-yard line and we force a fumble at the end of the game to even give us a chance at the end and our defense is the only reason basically that we're in this game and that we're like in some of the games we've lost like the ohio state game defense is the only reason we were even in that game for example so like if you look at the stats just from point of view this whole season like we're still even after that performance seventh in the nation in yards allowed per game which is great 15th in points per game allowed and honestly, since Freeman's taken, took it over um, as head coach, last year we were 22nd in yards allowed per game. So I would say Freeman has had his side of the ball locked down. And we all know that it's the offensive side of the ball, but I mean, in the second half, our longest drive was literally six plays. And I, I don't think it's, I know we have some others uh, that disagree with me. I don't think it's on Sam Hartman. I think it's scheme. Like it's really frustrating to us to watch. They're really frustrating for, us to like call a play on first down, call a pass play on first down when Estime has been running through the entire Clemson defense. And then we still try to call pass plays on first down when nobody's getting open or the scheme's not getting somebody open. But again, that's not something I blame Freeman for because the administration, I go back to this all the time, the administration completely hamstrung him Mm -hmm. with the way the offensive head coaching search was conducted. Where we had our guy, Mm -hmm. Freeman presumably had his guy, Andy Ludwig, And whether we weren't willing to pay his buyout or balked at it or something or didn't do our research, I don't know what it was. The administration just completely mishandled that. So Freeman had to, you can't go and like try to do your own national search after that. He just had to promote from within. And the scheme is just not working. I'll say one thing about the scheme. Like I don't have film to break down, so I'm not going to like really be able to get into it, but I saw a good stat from our friends at the Gagrish Talk podcast that um, last year, Sam Hartman threw for six touchdowns against Clemson. 
And part of that reason is because they play, they used play action on 54% of their dropbacks. For comparison, in our game, we only used it for 6% of our dropbacks. Two plays, we used play action. And you might say, okay, that's a different that's a different team or whatever. But literally our team in the week before when we put up 58 points against Pitt, we used it 40% of the time, play action on our dropback. Like, I, I just think there's not really the willingness or ability to adapt when stuff's not working, when our game plan's not working. And I, again, I just don't think it's on Hartman. I think it's on scheme. It could maybe be on wide receiver talent. Um, that'd be something to look into too, but I, I really think it's on scheme and yeah, it's just, it's bad. We should be, we should be way better with a, with a quarterback with the ability of Sam Hartman. We should be playing way better right now. I, I think you, uh, you alluded to me a little bit in the, in your talk <laughs> saying that there are others in this podcast who disagree about Sam Hartman. I'm kind of out on Sam Hartman a little bit. I think that Maybe there was a little too much hype around who he was. You look back over his... I mean, I mean, obviously the Clemson game is horrific. The 13 for 30 with two interceptions is all-time bad. That last interception just sailed. Like, I, I, a horrific, horrific throw. But you look back over the course of his entire career, and he's never really played well against good teams. So his first year as a full-time starter at Wake Forest, um, lost to Clemson, lost to NC State, lost to UNC, lost to Louisville all the big ACC teams he lost to. Second year as a starter, 2021, loses to UNC and Clemson and Pitt. Really the only three good ACC teams on the schedule that year. 2022, uh, loses to Clemson again, to Louisville, to NC State, to UNC, to Duke. Again, really the only good teams on the schedule. And in these games, some he plays well, but a lot he just puts up really bad numbers and throws a lot of interceptions is the problem. So you look at last year, 2022, um, Louisville game, he threw three interceptions to one touchdown. NC State, two touchdowns, three interceptions. The only game where he did really well was the Clemson game, but even then couldn't pull out the win. I think that there was a lot of hype around Hartman, and like somewhat rightfully so, because He's really good at playing well against bad teams. I think he like his numbers look really good because he can really just like lay it on against bad teams. But when he comes up against defenses that are like well prepared for him, are as are athletic and can scheme against him, he just has never really shown up a ton, um, or at least never shown up to the extent that's necessary to lead his team to victory. So I think that he's the one of the better quarterbacks Notre Dame's had in a while. But I don't think he's this like. Really like high. Like, I I would take Ian Book over Sam Hartman at this point as a quarterback wow. for a team. That's a crazy I think team. Ian Book. <laughs> That's I would, crazy. I think Ian Ian Book confidently led Notre Dame to victories in in and out in a way that Sam Hartman had, Sam Hartman has collapsed in every difficult game yeah. he's had this season for the most part. I don't disagree with you, so, Lucas. He's wilted or I would just not stepped like at, like Ohio State. He wasn't the problem, for example, but he didn't really like step no, up yeah. or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Like. The Louisville game and this one, he's just been, I don't know, just really bad decisions at times. I don't disagree with the scheme aspect of it. I think that's the the major driver behind Notre Dame's offensive struggles over the past, you know, five or six weeks. But still, some of his decision making is just, for a guy who's like in his sixth year, really, really making that throw. I don't, yeah. 
I think Sam Hartman has never been the reason that Notre Dame has won a game this year, like just him, mm-hmm. but he's been the reason that they've lost games this year. Mm-hmm. Notably Clemson. I don't think mm-hmm. he was the problem with Ohio State. Um, I think he was part of the problem with Louisville. He threw three mm-hmm. picks. Yeah. Uh, no, like his stats overall yep. don't look bad. Like he only seven interceptions all year, but five of those are in the Clemson and Louisville games, which are the losses. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're using, like, Bart's least favorite fallacy of, like, the quarterback win stat. Like, in, in some of those losses, his defense gave up 50 points. Like, I don't know. It's not – that's not on him for their defense. Like, Clem, like you said, like you pointed out, he had six touchdowns last year mm. against Clemson. They still lost Yeah, because his defense gave up 51 points, you know. So, I think, I think, I think you do bring up fair points, but it's not – it's not on him. And I think, like, a smart – what we're seeing with – this is what I kind of think. With the Dolphins, what we're seeing is a smart offensive coordinator can overcome um, players' flaws, like Tua's flaws, for example. So, like, Tua with Mike McDaniel is a completely different player than with Brian Flores. And I don't know who their OC was at that time, but mm-hmm. completely different player. Yes, he has – yeah, he has Tyreek Hill. I get that, too. But the the way that the Dolphins have the most explosive op- offense is because of things like pre-snap motion. They do that the most in the NFL. It'd be interesting to see what we do, but uh, in terms of our benchmark with the rest of college football, but and why you might be able to speak to speak more to this. But just like simple things like pre-snap motion makes it harder for the defense to adjust because they have to count how many receivers are on their side to kind of determine who they're going to guard sometimes. And that and when a player is in motion, their number is changing literally in the span of a second. So I think I think like that sort of stuff too. It's just. A, co- a, coordinator, a good coordinator should be able to like play around some of their flaws, the quarterback's flaws. Okay, the other fr- the frustrating thing too here I'll say then is, um, it would I would have really liked to see what Tommy Reese could have done with this team, because if you actually look um, at our yards per game compared to Reese's tenure. Thanks to Bart for getting these stats back in February when we had an episode on this. Reese's average in three seasons was 44th in yards per game. We're 45th in yards per game this year. So we should be way – but with a quarterback like Sam Harden, I think we should be way better. But I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that this is how we've been losing games for years. We've just been losing games that our offense does not show up in these games, in these big games. Our defense has been showing up, but not, not our offense. Jared, Marcus Freeman does not have a side of the ball. Uh, he's the head coach. Yes, he does. So he does not. He every side of the ball is his side of the ball. <clears throat> and I do think that you and you made a note to it is that we're kind of watching a coach learn how to be a coach, a head coach for the first time on national TV. So I'm not necessarily going to harp on him too much for that. But a head coach is his job is to demand consistency for his players. <clears throat> And if he believed that pre-snap motion or play action things were, were a recipe for success, it's his job to relay that. So there's probably no game plan, unless you're Mike McCarthy, that um, that doesn't go through the head coach first. So I believe, I mean, like, he, he at some level has to take, not some level, he at all levels have to has to take accountability for what has been just an inconsistent Notre Dame team. Uh, and a team that I actually believe has a recipe for success uh, although their their passing offense is awful, they always they will continue year in year out to have a really good run offense. Their defense has always been really stout, and that, I mean he deserves a lot of credit for that as well. So I'm not necessarily saying that he's just a bad coach, but 
he can't just be passive per se when it, when it comes to the offensive uh, offenses approach uh, game in game out that's fair I do think I've that this is a really people. good stepping stone for Notre Dame though to be honest I think that this is a despite what has been a wishy-washy record I do think that this is like kind of an eye-opening thing I mean this is what I think is their offense has looked better I think that they've shown a lot more signs of hope and in, in competitiveness, especially against like USC. Uh, Ohio state was also a really good game as well. And I think that mm-hmm. they can go out there and beat teams. Um, so the recipe may not be like, we're going to uh, recruit and bring in quarterbacks and develop quarterbacks, but maybe we can always hit the transfer portal and maybe we can kind of build two years of success and then develop underneath them rather than asking a quarterback who's not ready to step in and then basically setting your, program backwards by being like we just don't know how to develop quarterbacks rather when they're just not ready to play yeah i mean we've done transfer we've done a transfer quarterback uh like two of the past three seasons it was jack Cohn was 2021 right yep. mm-hmm. yeah jack Cohn transfer yeah. and yeah it'll be interesting to see this off season whether they do that I've heard that they were going to discuss that during is is this a bye week for Notre Dame? I think we I think we Coming do up. have another bye week, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. they said that they were going to discuss transfer portal and whether they were going to dip into that cuz that is coming up. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix. When do we get Carr? <laughs> next year or the Car- year? Carr would be next year. Freshman next year. He commits, yeah. Freshman. So mm-hmm. He hasn't committed. But also, okay, so also to put it in perspective, too, like going back to the Tommy Reese stuff, um, like Tommy Reese was averaging 44, uh, 44th, let's around that, say, in yards per game, like points per play and stuff mm-hmm. like that was very similar. He was doing that with Drew Pine last year, who at Arizona State this year transferred, started two games, and had two touchdowns and three picks. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's, Tommy Reese was never working with the same level of talent that we have now. Just wanted to offend Tommy Reese a little bit. And even like, look, they, him and Jalen Milrow this year, they've kind of come into their own a little bit as the season's mm-hmm. gone by, and yeah. Alabama might be making the college football playoff now. You know? Mm-hmm. Frustrating. Sorry, I'm. How do you think I'm, it was last night? Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, Lucas. I'm talking way too much. For, for Tommy Reese to be able to beat Brian Kelly. Really fun moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the apprentice beating the master, whatever. Well, it's Alabama. I don't know, it's different. <laughs> but if, if he was taken over South Carolina and beat him, I'd be like, all right. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and was, also to your point, say... Wyatt. Gosh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> So, to your point, why I'll give you some some credit on um, like Freeman doesn't have a side of the ball. Like Nick Saban, even though he's had a different offensive coordinator, pretty much it's just like a factory there. He always does get like the right guy there, and Alabama's kind of known as like an offensive powerhouse pro- program now. At this point, to be honest, especially when they had Tua, Jalen, even Mac Jones. So, I, I will give you credit on that. That like Saban kind of has like. What kind of he has his vision at least on what he wants the offense to look to look like, and he like knows how to get the guy. And you know, Freeman, but, but Freeman hasn't had time while. to develop that clout yet. Right. So, yeah. Also, 
Saban did not have great offenses for a while of his tenure. Think about all those, like, mm-hmm. the first titles they won with, like, A.J. McCarron and Eddie Lacy and whoever mm-hmm. else. Like, they were not, in, unless but that team had, was Notre Dame. He had good National championship, they weren't, like, beating teams. With, he yeah. had good offenses. I think Notre Dame has a good defenses. offense this year. Notre Our Dame has a good offense disruptive. and a good defense. Notre Dame's defense is, is yeah. no. not nearly as good as, like, the Alabama days. I don't even think that's true. First, oh, no, 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 no. The, hold on. Yeah, so, so like I said earlier, seventh in yards allowed per game. We're third in the we're third in the country in interceptions right now, and second in takeaways. Like, what stat do you want us to be better in? We're top ten, in so much. That's that's a just that's the definition of disruptive defense. I won't take that, Wyatt. Yeah, sure. but I I think if we're gonna talk about Nick Saban <laughs> not being a good offensive coach, we need then Marcus Freeman needs to be as good as Nick Saban was when their offense wasn't good. Okay. That he's going to have to be top two. His side everything. of the ball. His side of the ball is good. He has no side. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like their offense was still good, though. It was just very different. It was very much like of that game. time period, right? It was yeah. like a bunch of those yeah. running backs won Heisman's because they had crazy offensive lines, well, yeah. and you know, he good always had a good defense. Grounded. Now he or good yeah. offense. Now he has great offenses. Yeah, or like a more explosive offense yeah. for sure. Explosive. But yeah. um, I feel like it's always been effective, to be honest. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about, I want to give a shout out to our defensive backs coach, Chris O'Leary. I, like I mentioned, we're, um, uh, tied for third in the country with 14 interceptions. Um, and he's been our defensive backs coach since 2021. So he's obviously like recruiting good players or at least getting, getting really good value out of the players that he didn't recruit. Like Xavier Watts, I don't think was one of his recruits. Benjamin Morrison might've been cause he was a freshman in 2022 but um like we have really great defensive back talent and we're scheming them clearly to be in the right positions to make these sorts of plays which takes us to the wide receiver talent it's just so frustrating that we can't figure out that position whether it's scheme or roster talent i don't know what it is and for perspective like i'm not really i'm not like trying to like just pick on the receivers but in the louisville loss for example the scholarship receivers had nine catches on 19 targets like something's going wrong there whether it's scheme or talent there like the uh, the wide receiver that did have a receiving touchdown that game was literally a walk-on jordan Faison, who's having a great season jordan Faison, shout out and our but our best receiver again at notre dame is still our tight end it's been like that at least since definitely since chase claypool left like i know we want to laugh at it but chase claypool was a great wide receiver when he was at notre dame we had will fuller back in the day too like those are our two guys and then after that i don't know if we've really had the talent like that for some reason or scheme talent or scheme not sure what it is but skoronic <laughs> wait that was a notre dame receiver right? skoronic yeah skoronic's an, an nfl player yeah, an miles NFL boykin is an nfl yeah. player yeah yeah they certainly play my only yeah. my only memory of skoronic in the nfl is him dropping a ball that turned into an interception in the super bowl <laughs> that's that's my memory <laughs> but he played in a super bowl That's he did he's a super bowl champ too yeah, yeah. exactly so. today he uh he slipped uh on a on a jet sweep on like a fourth <laughs> and one for the rams so i saw that happen live Damn. um he makes me it's mad. funny Every time i see him on the field he makes me mad <laughs> no come on <laughs> <laughs> um 
The follow-up questions I wrote don't even make sense anymore. I was like, apply this anymore? Be, yeah, I, this season be considered a success if we won a New Year's Six Bowl? Forget about that. We're fighting. Not gonna we're happen. Bad boy, Gasparilla Bowl or not? <laughs> Get ready. Lace them up. Any other any other like takes or follow-ups anybody have on Notre Dame or this game, Notre Dame Clemson? It's torment being a Notre Dame fan. It never gets. What do you better. expect? <laughs> What do you expect? <laughs> what? I mean, seriously. You guys are like, oh no, it doesn't hurt me. You guys me are like, we're a cold weather academic okay. school who's, um, who's don't use the cold admini- whose administration doesn't support the football program. And you guys are like, this is our year. <laughs> I mean, it's every single year, this is the same thing. I know. I just really feel like the level of hope, though, at like, I don't know. Most of the way through that Ohio State game was probably the highest I've ever had in Notre Dame. <laughs> Absolutely, it was like yeah, literally. It seemed like I it was maybe a corner, you know, like that we turned up. So I agree uh-huh. with Lucas. They always and find ways of tormenting. It ended like it always did. Yeah, exactly. yeah. with me slamming my laptop shut at five a.m. <laughs> in pain. I think yeah. I think Lucas. I, I I had a moment that night where I was like, yeah, I know how Lucas feels now. Um, I texted my dad after the game. I was like, I'm never watching this team again. I said something. I said something like that. Nope. Like right after the game, I was like, I'm never watching this team again. <laughs> after the Florida State game in 2014, the mm-hmm. like the offensive or, pass interference, uh, the offensive pass interference with Jameis and everything. I briefly, I'm like, I'm becoming a Michigan State fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, good. It was a good call not to do that um, because it would have been far less success. But that was in the period where they like made the playoff and they were kind of good for mm-hmm. like a, a stretch yeah. there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm just no, going to come that game, Jared, at you take this point. Shoot. Tommy Reese carried it over. <laughs> <laughs> I like how after the Ohio State game, we canceled recording the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I was so down. I was like, I just can't talk about this team right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, another thing that was funny too was uh, I said this in our little group chat. The the Tyler from Spartanburg caller in that just fired up Dabo this week, um, which he was really like making it pretty personal with Dabo. So like, I don't, I don't, I'm not like mad at Dabo for like just going in on him <laughs> uh, and he was respect he was like animated but respectful I would say Dabo's um response but he's now the winningest coach in Clemson history so good for him but I, what I want to say is I think the the Clemson Notre Dame rivalry is like has been better than the any other Notre Dame opponent I would say in the last few years like the USC rivalry it's it's never really been close either USC was way better than us or we were way better than them. Stanford, maybe you could argue Stanford, but they always suck and just ruin our season. That's what that's what they're from. <laughs> I feel like the the Clemson Notre Dame rivalry, like Clem, if I, if I were to like, who is Notre Dame's like biggest rival in the modern era? I think it's Clemson. I think. But I feel like they're also consistently better than us. Who? Yeah. Say yeah. for the DJ game, Clemson. where he went off and we still won. I feel like Clemson's always better than us anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. it's like two. It's like what? It's like two to four, probably at this point. That's a blowout. That's, 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 blowout, that's, that's blowout territory. Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> two to four, like since we've been a fan, like twenty Whatever, we don't think into it. Yeah, who does Clemson? Twenty fifteen was tough. Yeah, who does Clemson view as their main rivals? 
at this point. South Carolina, oh, probably. Yeah. 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 yeah, but I feel like that's not a really competitive one of late, right? It's not, yeah. mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Florida Syracuse. State. Yeah, maybe like Florida State. Yeah. <laughs> no, I buy that, Jared. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Alrighty, we got our events out on Notre Dame. Unless anybody else has final thoughts on Notre Dame. <laughs> I hope we play Brian Kelly in a bowl game against LSU. That'd Apparently, the ReliaQuest Bowl <laughs> is... Per- <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I made that up. <laughs> Apparently, with the tie-ins or whatever, there's an exceedingly high likelihood chance that Notre Dame will be playing LSU in the ReliaQuest Bowl this year. Oh, my gosh. All right. On December 20th. I'll take that's, it's, it's Big Ten <laughs> ACC versus... It's ACC versus SEC. Did it, that used to be something, the Rolai Quest Bowl that I've heard of, or is it just like a fake? No clue. Bowl game. <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> no. Um. Oh, it used to be the Outback Bowl. Oh. Oh. Okay. okay. The Outback Bowl was always like a semi-respectable one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like Outback it was Steakhouse the Cigar or Bowl. Was it just yeah, Outback I think and no, like Outback Steakhouse. Steakhouse. Okay. <laughs> but the fact that, so like, yeah, it's more, just Outback it's just like makes it sounds like it could be a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the Rolaya Quest Bowl, there's no, like, generic Ambi- use yeah, of Rolaya exactly. Quest. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no ambiguity that that's a sponsored bowl game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, the Alamo, or, the, is the Alamo Bowl, made, that one might be sponsored. There, there's some, there's mm. some. Right, that like, could pass as, like. Is that, are, I think it's the equivalent of, like, Wrigley Field Bowl. So yeah, it's just Alamo Bowls are just oh. gonna name, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. It's inside the Alamo. What? What there. is Reliquest? Does anybody Let's know? Check it, it doesn't guesses. even have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's a Tampa Bay-based cybersecurity company. They'll just let Sounds anybody sketchy. sponsor a bowl game yeah. now. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's gonna be like one of those. I don't know. At least we're not rules. playing in the. Like, look up there, like. A dress and it's gonna be a strip mall or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a bowl this year called the 68 Ventures Bowl. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what? Yeah, what does that mean? Okay. It's in Mobile, Alabama. Let's go. All right. I don't know what it, it used to. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no. I'll, I'll go on forever about bowl game names if you let me. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into let's get into some NFL, some as Bart would call it, real football. NFL oh my! Every time, <laughs> every time with this. That was years ago. I don't, yeah, <laughs> might have been. It was like a year ago, maybe. Um, no, it definitely was years ago. At this was point. it? I feel like maybe a year ago. Anyway, <laughs> NFL power rankings time. We haven't done this in a while. We're recording this on an NFL Sunday, by the way. So some of these might be wildly outdated by the time this gets uploaded in a few hours, but. Wyatt has the honor of the number one overall pick here. Who's the best team in the NFL right now? So I I was looking at some betting lines um, the other day, and I saw that there was the Seahawks plus six, which means that they were gonna get they were gonna lose by six or more to the Baltimore Ravens. And I was like, there's no way that the Baltimore Ravens are head and shoulders that good, that much better. And my initial pick here was to pick Kansas City because benefit of the doubt. Um, they're like seven and two. They're the best quarterback in the league. Yada yada yada. Their whole resume, blah blah blah. But I'm pivoting because the the Ravens are up mm. twenty three or twenty uh, to three against the Seattle Seahawks right now. So I think the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL 
offensively, defensively. Lamar Jackson has taken a leap as a passer. This passing offense is so much better. Um, and their running offense is still just as great as it ever was. Plus, Kyle Hamilton has looked really good for them in their secondary credit to Notre Dame guy. And just overall, I really like the way that their pieces are coming together. So um, the Chiefs struggled on offense. Ravens have not. I, I, I like the Ravens right now. Okay. Um, it's a good pick. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. Bart, what do you think for number two? I'm here for these live <laughs> changes based on the scores. <laughs> we should do this more often. Um, I had Chiefs as my one, so I'm going to go with Chiefs here. Um, I, I do definitely respect the Ravens on that. But, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are a super well-rounded team. I think we need to be terrified because the Chiefs with a dominant defense with Mahomes on the other side mm-hmm. of the ball is a, like a, just a terrifying combination. They're one of three teams that are top ten in offensive and defensive EPA. You know I love that stat. Um, Mahomes is, like, a little bit worse than usual. Like, he's got a 2-1 to one interception touch, touchdown interception ratio, which is unusual. But he's still the MVP favorite, so he's still having a terrific year. I don't understand how this team lost to the Broncos. I'll say that. <laughs> Every time you, you get these, like, one-off weird losses that kind of make you a little bit concerned. But overall, the Chiefs have looked so good. They just beat the Dolphins, who are another terrific team. I like the Chiefs at two. Yeah. You had the flu, you know. We'll, we'll give a pass yeah. on the Broncos game. Yeah. Not everyone have a good flu game. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, Aiden, what about number three? Yeah, so I didn't really prepare notes on the Eagles because I assumed that they would be taken, which was clearly a poor assumption. <laughs> I don't know. The, I feel like as as the only one-loss team remaining, they deserve a spot in the top three for sure. And I, I, I had them as my one just because of their them having the best record. I think it's even more impressive because they haven't really had complete games yet. They've looked kind of off. Jalen Hurts has not been the Jalen Hurts of last year, mm-hmm. um, but they still keep finding ways to win. Um, the defense still looks fantastic. Jalen Carter was a great pick, um, and I feel like they just always they just have the always find the right personnel. Uh, and so I got to respect the Eagles, and I, I think they're still um, the scariest team in the NFC right now. I'd say the Ravens just scored again. <laughs> they're up by live up updates by 27 <laughs> what yeah. did, did lamar score he's the quarterback on my other i uh, know where i have it some yeah. like third just do red zone but like radio like <laughs> I, 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 yeah. i'm about to watch it live if anybody wants you know to you know oh see this gosh. happen <laughs> run nice. run run touchdown right. <laughs> cool um yeah lucas how, how about so four? Uh, four. So I'm gonna go with I in my like my two and four were the winner of the Kansas City and Miami game and the loser of the Kansas City Miami game is how I wrote it in my notes. So I'm gonna go with the Dolphins, mm. despite them not looking as excellent as they have. I think that they still deserve a spot this high up. I don't. I think that even the loss to the Chiefs today was a little fluky, especially the one touchdown where Tyreek Hill fumbled and. Chiefs pick it up. There was a lateral, like all that. They came back and they almost won it in the end. They have far and away the best offense in the entire NFL. They're averaging mm-hmm. 453 yards a game, uh, which is insane. It is 60 yards higher than the uh, Lions and Eagles, who are like right or right together for two and three. Um, yeah, I think that the Dolphins deserve to be that high. Yes, they've slipped up, but I think that offense is so good. I mean. One of their other losses to the Eagles, who are another top team on this list. I I don't know. 
and the Bills, they only lose to good teams. So I think that all that together, they're deserving of a top five spot still. Okay, fair enough. Man, this is a tough... I think see, this is like an interesting week for powering because I think because it's actually really tough here. Mm-hmm. I have a couple teams I'm thinking about. I'm going to go with the Lions actually here for uh, number five. They put together... They're obviously one of the two teams to beat the Chiefs and that one doesn't feel as fluky. I, I, I would even say it, maybe it doesn't feel fluky. The problem with the Lions, they just got blown out by the Ravens. So yeah, it doesn't look good. But they're also one of those teams... Uh, that Bart mentioned that our top 10 in offense and defensive yards yards per game. Um, like Jared Goff's playing really well. Um, hopefully we'll keep getting even better too when Jamison, will, uh, Jamison Williams getting more uh, integrated into that offense too. And good for Dan Campbell too. It's a fun story. Um, I think there's a lot of teams that could deserve it, but for now I'm going to go, because of the Chiefs win too, I'm going to put the Lions at five. Where some of the other teams either haven't beaten good teams or lost to Chiefs. I'll put the lines of five. I'm kind of surprised. Um, what about six, though? With the way the board has fell. Lucas, I, I very much disagree with your pick of the Dolphins at four. I think that they only lose to good teams <laughs> is actually a huge indictment to them. Uh, that they, they don't even just lose to good teams. They don't even look competitive against good teams. And, Jared, the Lions... Yeah, they're competitive against the Chiefs today. Yeah, late, but they still... I mean, they looked awful for three quarters. Um, for the Lions, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I just think that the Bengals, who I'm gonna, or sorry, the Jaguars, who I'm going to pick here at six, are just better. Yeah, they were my other um, the 49ers were also kind of on my mind. I don't really believe in Brock Purdy, so I'm just not necessarily going to lean on them in that sense. I mean, they have great players all across the board, but um, we've seen this story before with Jimmy G. Uh, Jaguars are not necessarily impressive in any category, so six might be appropriate. Five might also be appro- appropriate for them, but... I do trust that they're going to have something uh, good going for them. I think Josh Allen, their their premier edge rusher, has had a fantastic season so far. Travis Etienne has really emerged as a, a runner and is probably in the conversation for one of the three best running backs in the NFL right now. So I'll, I'll give him a lot of credit for that. And I think that eventually this team is going to find ways to really maximize their offense because the, the addition of Calvin Ridley does prove that they have sweet players on there. They just, I don't know, it's just not super well-rounded quite yet. So I'm, I'm going to go Jags mm-hmm. at six. That's, That's fair. I, consider I almost picked five. five four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Considered, but no. <laughs> what What about seven, Bart? Um, I would think about the 49ers, but they've lost three straight. They're, they're not even on my board. No, I'm joking. But I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm picking the Bills based on kind of like ceiling. <laughs> Because they yeah. are inconsistent. They are wildly inconsistent. But when they're on, they are so good. I mean, their offense is still, like, arguably... Okay, not arguably, because the Dolphins are far and away the best offense. But their offense is arguably the second best offense in the league. Um, but, like, I don't know, man. This is a team that beat the Dolphins, beat the Commanders, blew them both up, but then squeaked by the Giants. No offense, Wyatt. Uh, lost to the Pats, who, are, who have two wins, I think. So, I, I'm really doing this based on, like, when Josh Allen is on, uh, like, they are hard to stop. James Cook has been absolutely fantastic at running back. Stephon Diggs is still making an argument to be the best receiver in the league. His stats are excellent. Their defense is, like, a little bit worse than I feel like we're used to, so that's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, I don't know. I think the Bills are still a very good team. They just need to start being a little more consistent. Their losses don't concern me all that much. They've all been one-possession losses. So, yeah, I think they're a reasonable pick at seven. Yeah. 
Uh, Aiden, what about eight? Yeah, so I'm going to pick another very inconsistent team. I'm going with the Cowboys, which is feels a little weird given that the Niners absolutely smoked them a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel it. And, you know, the Cowboys got lost to the Cardinals, too. They've just had some moments. They're just, they're just maddening. Uh, but they've also, I'm not sure there's been another team who's been quite as dominant in certain games, maybe the Dolphins. But they have really just, when the Cowboys are on, I mean, they destroyed the Jets, they destroyed the Rams last week, the Giants, they, the Patriots, like a, a lot of their games have just been like non-starters, like it never was a game at all. You know, CD started to kind of come on last week, um, and so, and Dak looked pretty good too, so maybe that's the start of something. So I still feel like when the Cowboys are on, they're a pretty scary team, um, even if there are plenty of times when they just, I don't know, lie down and die. Yeah, yeah, they're going exactly. to against the Eagles tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I was formulating, you know. We got up there. Yeah. Um, I'm nine. I'll yep. go with the Niners. They've been alluded to a few times here. I the last few weeks are concerning for sure. I think we're really in the era where I don't think Brock Purdy is the answer. Um I don't know. I think that the struggles this week have sort of shown what he really is. Um uh, that being said, they destroyed the Cowboys. Uh, they're, they're top 10 in yards per game, both on offense and defense. You know, they, they've looked good. They're five and three. I, on my big board, I had them close to the Seahawks now, but I don't think I can pick the Seahawks now in good conscience after what is happening to them in front of my eyes. So I think that the Niner, and I don't know. I don't, this is tangential. I don't get their deadline move of trading for Chase Young. They strengthened like one of their few actual strengths that they had on the team at this point. Like they already had a really good defensive line. I don't know why they wouldn't fix something else like the offensive line. Or I, I guess it depends on availability, but I don't know. That move didn't make a ton of sense to me either. What did they give oh. up for that? Was it just a third rounder or something like that? I th- uh, they gave up less than the uh, Chicago Bears. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I think it was a third rounder. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a bad deal even. If <clears throat> well, I, I'll tell you what, um, Lucas. It may be their most expensive asset, their defensive line, but Nick Bosa, who's their best player, is 17th in the league right now in um, win rate and win percentage uh, for pass rushers, and Chase Young is right now 11th. So it is actually kind of like an upgrade a little bit at that position. They just have not necessarily been as – good as they need to be in their interior d line hargrave is eighth but yeah there's a there's a graph i've seen on twitter that has the win win rate of a defensive lineman charted against their like double team percentage and i'm sure that nick bosa's is kind of low because he constantly gets double teamed i feel like he's always really high on that so this might help as well because now they have to focus Mm -hmm. on two Mm -hmm. dominant edge rushers yeah uh, I have the last pick rounding out the top 10 and we definitely have some like college football playoff committee vibes going on here where like head to head doesn't necessarily matter in some ways, but I will honor the head to head between the other team I was considering for number 10. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, the other team I was considering was the Seahawks, but considering the fact they're also getting blown out by the Ravens, that doesn't help. And the Bengals beat the Seahawks. The Bengals also beat the Niners. So there are some college football playoff committee vibes going on here, but um, I think this is a team that in like three weeks when we do this again, will like be much higher up the board because they just had their 
kind of mandatory Joe Burrow just doesn't play well at the start of the season sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, obviously he had an injury this year, so I get we understand why, but there seems to be some weird trend for them, too, where they just don't really play their best ball in the start of the year. I think this is a team that's going to shoot up um, the rankings, like, as the season goes on a little bit. They got a really big one against the Bills, too. Like, this is an interesting week because we just get, like, so many head-to-heads. I'll be like, how good is this team really? Like, we got Dolphins-Chiefs, Bengals-Bills tonight. We got Cowboys-Eagles happening in, like, literally an hour. Um, and then Ravens-Seahawks. Like, we got a lot of measuring state games this week. But I think the, the Bengals are going to pass this test against the Bills tonight and probably shoot up the board a little bit. But for now, they're at 10. I hope not. My sake. What part? I'm going to look so dumb if they do. Oh, my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this, these power rankings could be completely outdated by the time this episode releases, like, literally in a yeah. few hours. Yes. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But we are going to go to a team that is near and dear to at least one heart on this podcast, the Minnesota Vikings. Have some interesting decisions to make. Uh, we all became a fan of Kirk Cousins after quarterback. And he unfortunately tore his Achilles. And also, to add on top of that, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. The Vikings can't tag him. Justin Jefferson's on the IR right now. Bart, what should the Vikings do? Why it's favorite strategy for literally every team that isn't in like the chiefs and just tank or where do they go from here? I, I think I'm an optimist. So I would say no. Um, I mean, cause like, you, yeah, there's a pessimistic and an optimistic viewpoint, right? Like the pessimist says Kirk was having an all pro year. He was like top two or three in the relevant quarterback stats and they're still only four and four. Um, so like, you know, well, what is Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs going to do? But then the optimist in me says, well, they just won like three straight games. They were just starting to gel. Like the team is clearly very talented. It might have actually been the most talented team that we had around Kirk in all these years. Um, so I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they are still good enough to keep winning games. You look at their next five games, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders. Not a single elite team in that group. They, okay, they could go 5-0. and I'm not going to say that they will. But they're tied with the Falcons right now, even though Jaron Hall got concussed on the first drive and it's been Joshua Dobbs the whole game. What does that tell you? That this is a good team. Um, I also feel like... (laughs) Dude, I'm not high on Joshua Dobbs. I'm sorry, Joshua. Um, I also feel like it's just hard to tell the team, like, hey, we're going to kind of give up on the season when they know that they're good. They know they were getting hot. Kevin O'Connell's still trying to prove himself as a coach. It's just his second year. And you're going to say, yeah, we're just going to tank. I feel like you let Jaron Hall ride it out. And you see, like, basically, if he's bad, they'll effectively be tanking by starting him. And if he's good, then they'll make a playoff run, which would be awesome. Everybody's happy. And then as far as Kirk is concerned, I actually I saw a take that's interesting, which is that this might actually be the only way he stays with the Vikes because he's going to be 36. He's coming off the Achilles injury. There might not be very many suitors for him. And so maybe the Vikes can keep him for cheap, which I actually I would love to see because I'm high on Kirk. And mm-hmm. we know he's not a very mobile quarterback, so I'm not sure it's going to affect him too much. If they can keep him next year for cheap, I'd love to see that. But the, the draft is still going to be huge, right? we got a bunch of good quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, Drake May, McCarthy, Quinn Ewers, uh, the LSU guy. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are going to get first-round attention. So if they can take somebody there, even without like a tank low-level pick, I think that would be beneficial unless Jaron Hall looks excellent this year. But long story short, I don't want to see them tank. I think this team is too good still to tank, even without Kirk. 
I don't think you have to try to convince the team that we're going to tank when your two best players are not playing right now. I think when, if I mean, Kirk Jake Cousins tears his Achilles like and Justin Jefferson is on IR, it's like, hey, guys, the season's <laughs> over. You know, yeah, but it's anybody not, that we actually like think is a good player is, is not playing right now. And I know Jordan Addison is playing well. Um, so, yeah, I just I don't think that you are like, what does that say to the team? I think that the, I think the team should expect that this team is going nowhere. I also don't understand the the, <laughs> the desire to capture like a playoff berth with uh, when you're starting quarterback tears his Achilles. And then, you know, you just got to trade for Dobbs, who the team who has like the second overall pick didn't even want. So it's just like, what what are you really trying to accomplish here? Jefferson and Addison, who are going to be sweet players, are going to be there for a long time. Um, and anybody worth, uh, you know, notable is just is already young and underneath a rookie contract, so they're not going anywhere. Everybody else, you're just going to get rid of in the offseason anyway. The Cardinals got rid of him because he's too good to tank command. That's for no, I honestly think that. I thought it. I think Dobbs has been fine. Like mm-hmm. in terms of a replacement level quarterback, I feel like he's pretty good in that echelon of, of QBs. But I don't know. I just don't think the Vikings are there's no way they got Caleb Williams. They're just not bad enough for that. Even if they mm-hmm. shut it down now, yeah, four can. wins might be too many. You know, like it just mm. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And, yeah, maybe you tank for Dre. I, I'm not convinced on the other quarterback prospects enough to, like, legitimately tank. I mean, they're good, but I, there's a bunch of them, and I feel like it might just be a scenario where you you pick one and hope for the best. Like, you spin the wheel, pick which one's available, and hope. Which they're kind of doing with Jaron Hall, too. So it's like, just yeah. keep throwing darts. Somebody might stick. <laughs> It's a tough situation though, because we should be better than four and four. They were going to be so good. Yeah, for sure. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Who said they were going to be good? I did. Based off of. <laughs> I think that they would legitimately have easily won the next five games and gotten to nine and four had Agreed. Kirk not gotten hurt. Thank you. The, the I only... mean, they're probably going to win this game too that they're playing right now, already with Josh Dobbs. Yeah, it just the defense is not good. It wasn't good last year. They didn't do anything to improve. No, they true. didn't do anything to improve the defense. So what? The defense is good. No, they're not. Uh, they held the 49ers yeah. to seventeen. They'll achieve. You know, I don't know. I think they're decent. Yeah, I just, I just don't think so. We'll I don't think that they made any moves that that would make you believe that they were going to be any better at all. Other, than, I mean, I know adding Brian Flores is like a big key or whatever, but it's just not. I, I don't like the way that this team is built. I don't like the way that they navigate their roster. I, I think that they just are silly. They're in the silly category of, like, let's trade back 20 picks so that to our divisional rival and then draft uh, a safety that we, that we could have drafted at 12 anyway. Like, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton is going to be significantly better than Lewis Sinney, you know? Let's uh, let's trade through the second, uh, second round and draft A.J. Terrell, who's not been good. Uh, not AJ Terrell. Um, what's his name? Andrew Booth, who has just not been good. Like I, it's just I know that. And then this year, okay, like let's add Jordan Addison when we already have a sweet wide receiver. And Jordan Addison has been a good player. Is he the player that they need today? I don't really think so. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and to be honest, maybe the hindsight's a little twenty twenty. Maybe this is a way to stick my victory lap in there. But Will Levis looks good, and he was available at that pick as well, obviously. 
So it's like, it's just did, like, like. Did we see Mike Vrabel's post conference, post game conference? He hates Will Levis. So hold what did he thought. say? Wait, what? Wait, what did he say? No, he was just like very low on. It. He was like, he's like, he didn't make the correct reads. He was like, we need more from our quarterback. He's a tough. Like he's that. a tough, mm-hmm. uh, cold weather coach. <laughs> Nashville's not cold at all. It's like Nashville. <laughs> he comes from a cold weather. Why, area. Nobody played for the Patriots, yeah, yeah. so he's, he's got he's cold weather energy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where did this Will Levis like, victory lap come from? I don't remember. Because you guys were like, you guys were all like, you guys were all like, yeah, I just don't see it. I just, especially Aiden, he was like, I just don't really see <laughs> it, and I was like, I actually kind of like him. Like he, I mean, he's a big oh, arm. He's got some talent. Did, you can go back and listen to the mock draft episode. I definitely, I wasn't like emphatically he's gonna be a franchise quarterback. You gotta draft him in the first round. But I definitely was not like this guy's not gonna be any good. I, okay, I'll go back and listen to the tapes. I definitely did not like him in the first round. I remember on day two, I was surprised that he was there and wanted him to be drafted. But I definitely did not think he was a top five pick. And if he, you know, if he keeps playing like this, he might. Actually, have in my but my point was maybe but. he wasn't top five, but we when we were doing the mock draft, it, like we got to like Tampa Bay and Minnesota, and we're like, yeah, I just just don't see it, and then we moved on. When I think these teams we clearly right, no, these teams clearly both yeah. could have used Will Levis right now. I mean, honestly, well, what Levis? I bet I you mean, Will Minnesota Levis only needs him because of Achilles. like a freak, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. But I mean, eventually yeah. he was going to play anyway because this team did not add did, did not sign Kirk Cousins to a long term extension. Or a, a extension past this year, they can't franchise tag him. They didn't really have a plan to be like, okay, we're gonna have Kirk here next year necessarily. So I mean, like, I think that they could have used him. I think they could have started their the next generation. Like, if Kirk tore his Achilles and Will Levis came in right now, you'd be like, you know what? I think we're gonna be okay. Let's make the playoffs. But like, if you're really trying to sell people that, you know what, we have Dobbs, we're gonna run it back next year. You're crazy. Who cares about that? Who cares? This is my take with the Giants as well. I don't care about beating the Commanders. I don't want to win four games every year. I don't care about being a 500 win team. I want to be a team that wins Super Bowls. Why would the Vikings care to run it back with Josh Dobbs? To win five, to to be go five hundred, to win nine games. Why are you sleeping on Jaron Hall? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I feel like football <laughs> just doesn't work like the same way that like basketball I, yeah, does in this way, yeah. though. And football just doesn't work in this way. Like, you put Caleb Williams on an awful team, it's not going to change that much. It's not. It with, like Wembyama, I don't think it changes that much. Yeah, look at the Panthers. Yeah. No yeah, my you don't no, don't like, say look at the Panthers. That was a that was an awful draft pick. Don't say don't say look, look at the Panthers. Wait, look yes. at the, what? That was an awful draft pick. CJ Stroud looks way better. Will Levis looks better. Anthony okay, Richardson looks better looks way more like explosive. a better system. They're about to be four and four, but who is? This you know The Panthers? The Texans. They're three and four right now, about to probably they might win this game. So Jared, is that more win wins game, or less the wins than one? Four. Just to answer the question. Is it more is four more wins? That doesn't or, mean they're or less wins than that one. That doesn't mean they're good though. Yes, it like, does. It means mean that they're, they're four good, times better than this other team. I'm no. I'm gonna bet that they're well, that, four <laughs> times better than this other team. <laughs> but you don't want to no, you don't want to be four times better. Why you want the Giants to win the Super Bowl? You don't care like yes, this is the same thing. I do. The Texans are the same. That's, yes, that I do, and yes. I think the Texans are, are closer to winning the Super Bowl than the Giants are. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, like, like logistically, say, though, how does a how does a team tank in the NFL? How do the Vikes tank right now? 
they're as Bart said, what they're doing is essentially their best option for tanking, which is putting in a well, well their best option was to be like, sellers. You're not, not gonna not have buyers. guys just lay down and die. Their starting safety is like thirty five years old. I meant to mention that as well. He got hurt two days before the trade deadline. Our GM had his hands tied. Like, yeah. well, it was terrible timing yeah. on that front. How do you do a fire sale on such short notice? I bet you mm-hmm. I can set up a garage sale by the end of the day. I think I could go, just, I could like, it doesn't take that long to plan something to be like, okay, I just, this is something I'd, I'd be willing to get rid of. That's something I'd be willing to get rid of. I could put it outside of the porch <laughs> for free by the end of the day today. What do you mean his hands were tied? It's not like do he's you, like. Do you have things. I didn't even NFL. think this was going to happen. Do you have things. Because actually two days is enough to make a phone call. How many phone calls do you think you can make in a day? How many phone calls do you think you can make between now and the end of this okay, podcast? The, the point is, I bet you, you I can you make fifteen. Sale, but you're getting swindled. How Depends on how many, how long the phone calls are. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well they're not eight-hour conversations. His hands weren't tied enough to where he can't be like, "Hey, do you want Daniel Hunter or not?" And they're like, "Okay, yes, we do. All right, we'll trade him to you." Hey, my dad is on the team. His name's uh, Harrison Smith. He's our starting safety. Do you want him or not? And it's like, and it's Notre Dame legend, though. Yeah, he's, he's that's he's a great. Hall of Fame safety. Show a little more respect. Yeah, okay. Hey, he can get his respect. Wyatt. He's thirty-four years old. You know, it's like Man, he's still good. Then trade him. He's not. He's not going to be here by, by next going year. In circles. <laughs> I mean, like his hands weren't tight enough to where a team wouldn't be like, yeah, we'll give you a seventh round pick for Harrison Smith. He's like, yeah, I, I don't know. If I got to think about that one. I mean, like, just come on. Why are they trying to acquire Josh Dobbs? Know, they could have, they could, this was a gateway to organically tank. Justin Jefferson is out. Kirk Cousins is not coming back. And a you're just like, you know, with two days is not organic. Yes, it is. You're, you're starting quarterback tears <laughs> oh, his Achilles. Artificial. He didn't tear his Achilles the day oh. after the trade deadline. <laughs> It's not like that's what happened. He did it way he did it before the trade deadline. Enough time to be like, okay, you know what? This team isn't going anywhere because we tried and we failed. So well, you know what? Let's get enough assets so we can trade back with the Lions 20 picks again next year and then draft the wrong player anyway. Like, cause I mean, like, how many more chances do you want to draft the wrong player? The the Vikings just I don't I just don't get it. They're like they're almost they're on the cusp of being the New Orleans Saints. Like they're right there. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It, mean, it wow. means the Saints are like the Saints are like our time is now, and they're not even close. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Lunch Pro Guys podcast. We appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, tune in in three months for our next episode. Uh, we really do. <laughs> we appreciate it. We will um, go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform as well as Twitter and Instagram. Again, we'll see you guys here hopefully in a less shorter time span. See ya.